This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and as always, we're brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Make sure you check out all the MLW Radio shows over at MLWRadio.com. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, FM Radio, and anywhere in between. Once again, this podcast is available to you anywhere fine podcasts are made available absolutely free. And if you'd be so kind to go ahead and drop us a review on iTunes, we always love to hear your feedback. You can also hit us up on social media as well. We'll be giving you our Twitter handles so you can continue this conversation on social media if you so desire. With that being said, let me go ahead and bring him in. He is my brother from another mother. He's from another country, but not yet that far away. His name is The Butt. Butster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I got no complaints. No complaints. Life is good. Uh, the weather has gotten tremendously improved since what we had with that Arctic blast or whatever the hell that thing was, polar vortex. It's now in the 60s again. So uh, I think we're, we're sitting quite pretty. What about you? What's it like in uh, up in Canada? Well, it's not too bad. Today it was uh, 7. So rough math. That's 50 or so, I guess. That's nice. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Uh, call for a bit of rain and freezing rain tomorrow, so we'll see how that shakes up. But, hey, it could be worse. Uh, it's the last show we were on. We were still buried in snow around here, and the snow is just about all gone now. So, A lot happens in a week, doesn't it? It does. Gosh. But uh, we hope everybody had a very good and happy new year, whatever you uh, decided to do uh, for your new years. If you remember on last episode, we talked that the butt was going to be heading, uh, let me think here. Were you heading to Ottawa? That's right. And you were going to go to a play. I did. And so tell us a little bit about that. I know Ottawa was a ways away, so you guys ended up spending the night there, correct? Yes, we spent the 31st there. Nice. I drove up early. I went to a woodworking shop that I like, of course. Uh, might have made a purchase or two or three. <laughs> Then we went to the sister-in-law's place, hung out for a little bit, you know, had some had some dinner, a couple of adult beverages. Nice. Jumped aboard the Uber, off to the theater we went. It was great. It was uh, called Come From Away. It's about uh, September 11th. Oh, wow. All the planes landed in Gander, Newfoundland. Oh, my gosh. It was uh, 38 planes landed in Gander, Newfoundland. I have uh, no idea. From the States. Majority were from the States. Yeah, because, you know, the, um, what do you call it, the air, whatever you call it, was closed. Nobody's allowed around. Right. So a bunch of them landed there and just talk about the how it all shook out, the hospitality. and Because Gander is a very small town. Sure. And their population doubled overnight. And, yeah, when all the people you know, landed. And, yeah, it was, a very, it was a great story. There's a documentary on it on... Um, I don't know if it was Netflix or Crave TV. Uh, it's a great story. 
no, just a feel-good story about everybody rallying around one another and helping people out. And yeah, just a good feel-good story. And yeah, then we got got an Uber back. And might have had a couple more adult beverages, possibly. And <laughs> you know, ordered some pizza and some wings. Rang in the new year. No, did, did the socializing, you know, talking and hanging out and whatnot, and drove back the next morning. So, what are the traditions in Canada to celebrate New Year's? I mean, is it is it like see in the United States we we. Some people choose to light off fireworks. Some people uh, take pots and pans and they bang them outside their front door or back door. Um, you know, people use blow ticklers. I mean, there's a lot of different things. So blow ticklers. There's a, there's a thing called a blow tickler. Yeah. Oh, just uh, wow. So what what is exactly what is your um, country's thing? What do you guys do? Is there a certain activity or event that you do? Is there some meal that you eat that's supposed to be good luck? Uh, the a lot of people year. have Chinese food. I don't know what that's all about on New Year's Eve. I don't. I don't know if there's any significance, to it, but I know a lot of people have Chinese food. I, I've. You mean in Canada, or you mean in, in general? In Canada, I don't know what the deal is. Do you but, have a large Chinese contingent up in Canada? No, there's yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a fair number of uh, Asian people here for sure. Nice. I mean, Ottawa's got like um, Chinatown. Is it still allowed to say that? I don't know. I Toronto's think Toronto's got it. And, you know, any any of your major cities. Sure. Uh, Vancouver's uh, heavily Asian. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I think of that, I always think of that um, the Christmas uh, the Christmas story. The duck gets its head cut off. That's not good for him. I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. You've seen the movie, right? Well, yeah, because oh, we're from no, the I'm... same generation. Of right. course, we've seen it, but I'm you just can't... saying that's what they do when they go to the restaurant. I know, but it's and she's like, it's still got a face. <laughs> oh God, love it. So, no, you look. You have your fireworks, of course, and you know you, you get together. You know, family, friends, loved ones. You know, whatever it would be. And you just you know, spend some time with people. Just do that type of thing. That's about it. It's real simple, you know. It's fireworks. Obviously, most cities, towns have fireworks. Weather wasn't great in Ottawa, so I don't know if they did fireworks or whatnot. We didn't hang out for them if they did. That's about it. Not much different than what you guys do. No, we went to uh, we went to a. Uh... The New Year's Eve party at my brother-in-law's. So my sister's, my sister's, my wife's brother. And okay. uh, they recently got a, a new house. It looked great. They did some renovations. They had his wife's family and uh, his side over at the same time. So it was nice to have plenty of food and they had music playing. It was a lot of fun. People got to get together and just socialize and whatnot. We actually uh, left before the ball dropped. We left before midnight. Uh, Megan, obviously seven months pregnant, so she was getting pretty uncomfortable and tired, so we tapped out. But uh, but it was nice. It was very nice. It was a lot of fun getting together with some people and, and just having a good time. And, you know, just another reason just to hang out, like you said before. Sometimes that's just just fun. Yep, they're in Cincinnati as well. 
Uh, they are. So they're in a a suburb outside of the city limits. So it was about an hour away, but it's not that bad. Let me tell you. Let me ask you about this. So you live out in the country, right? No, I live in the city. You live in the city. Okay. So there is a point, and I'm sure this is in any city in in the world, where they don't have any more of those big overhead lights that light up the road. Uh It's just you. And I get a little creeped out driving at night. Or does that not bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. I get a little creeped out when there's no lights. It's just my headlights, and I'm on this road, and... It was like 30 minutes of just these windy roads. And you don't know what could jump out. No. You have no well, idea. No, but still, I mean, where, where I'm from, there's not a lot of streetlights. Like where I was born and raised, I'm, I'm from out in the sticks. Right. You, so you're from where? I'm from Newfoundland. Port Union, Newfoundland. So how far is that from where you are right now? Four-hour flight or a two-and-a-half-day drive. Wow. Yeah. That's so your fun. your folks, you grew up, your folks lived out in that area, right? Yep. So what brought you to this area? The area uh, you're in right now? I uh, came here with my ex-wife. Okay. Yep. And you just liked it so much you stayed? Yeah, I like it here. She nice. left. Perfect. <laughs> to win. <laughs> That's for another time and conversation. Yeah. We'll talk uh, about that after the show. Absolutely. Um. So we're glad everybody had a good holiday and a good new year. Hopefully you had some fun, whether it was banging pans outside your door or lighting off fireworks. Hopefully you didn't hurt yourself. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a good new year. A lot of things happening in the world of wrestling. So let's kind of jump right into this and kind of talk about some of the main hot topics that are happening right now in wrestling. And the first thing I want to kind of get to here is you do know, I don't know if you've heard this, um, but AEW is going to get a facelift in 2023. Um, they are going to be getting a brand new look to their set, new theme music. Everything is going to be changing. They hired Mike Manzeri. He was the former uh, vice president of global talent productions in WWE. He was supposed to be the heir apparent of Kevin Dunn. It was believed Kevin Dunn was supposed to be retiring, especially after Vince McMahon stepped down. However, Kevin Dunn has since said that he does not see retirement in sight. So uh, Manzuri decided that, you know what, I'm going to take my talent somewhere else. And he's landed himself in AEW. Uh, But let me first throw this question out to you. I don't think that we're going to disagree on this. WWE has incredible production value. Would you not agree? No. Amazing. It's top notch. I mean, their their promo packages, their vignettes, all of this kinds of stuff is just so, so good. And I would say, arguably, that's one of the things that really separates them from the other wrestling companies. Your thoughts? I think they're bang on. Uh, no, their vignettes are amazing. When they did the match with um, Cena and Bray Wyatt, that... Uh, yes. Whatever it was called, match, right? That and then the Undertaker and AJ Styles, you know, just the presentation. To all that. Let's be honest, they were they were supersized vignettes in, sure. in all reality. That's what they were. Absolutely. But the production value to that was just dynamite. They they look like movies. Yeah, they did. Right. So I, I think it's it's fantastic that that is one thing that they have over everybody else in leaps and bounds. It's, it's not even close. 
It's really not. I, I've often noticed when I watch Raw, it looks so crystal clear with their cameras. Like everything is vibrant. And when I watch AEW, and this is not a knock to them, this is just the way it is. It, it has more of a, I don't know how to say, it's not as crisp. Is that just me or is that is that a kind of something you've noticed as well? I would say you're accurate in that. It's, WWE just, they got that part figured out. Like they have it nailed down. But one of the guys that people poo-poo on all the time, but he has a lot to do with the vignettes and whatnot, is Bruce Pritchard. Sure, absolutely. Right? For for all his faults, and yeah, he gets beat up on a fair bit and whatnot, and, and shit, I think Vince fired him 15 times. <laughs> but, you know, he brings a lot of value. He is a genius when it comes to that. Right? He's the guy that's got a lot to do with it. I mean, I'm sure he's not the guy to tell him how to run cameras or whatnot. No, that's not his deal. But the story to it or whatnot, a lot of it's Bruce. And he does damn good with it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that get done in the company that we just are not aware of, but it's not an easy thing, but they make it look effortless. And I know there was a, a point in time where people were, were talking about how many times they were making cuts during the show, like an angle would cut here and cut here to cut here. But I mean, those things aside, the way they are able to portray the product is uh, is second to none. And once again, I think that is a large part of what makes the company so successful is the aesthetical appeal. Because very much in wrestling, we've talked about this, that not only do they have to put on good matches, not only do you have to have good characters or good personalities to get behind, but it's the way that they see things through the viewfinder. The way they're able to make that come through your television screen is really what keeps people's attention. It's what captivates you. So even if you're not necessarily a wrestling fan, let's say you're a, a DC or a Marvel fan, if you see their presentation, it doesn't look that far off from what you see when you go to the theater. So I feel like that's a corner of the market that WWE has uh, done very well in. Now, how that pertains to what I'm going to be talking about here is... This is uh, information that's come through from Wrestling Inc. It says, while it's not officially confirmed, Manzuri will likely add production value to the team's current existing structure. Uh, and Tony Khan has said that he adds a very, very valuable resource to the team as he is helping with the art of technologies. Now, he also made a recent appearance on Sports Guy Talk Wrestling. That is Tony Khan. Now, a preview of AEW's new look emerged in some recent commercials that people saw on social media, whether that be through Facebook or Twitter, um, the new Dynamite look. Now, did you see any of those so far? It, I have like, not. The lasers and all that kind of stuff. This legit looks good. I haven't seen it. So. I, I like it. It looks completely different than what we're used to seeing. Now, some people are wondering, is AEW going to get a complete facelift and things are going to change? Now, so the new Dynamite, um, the teasers have been uh, on, like I said, social media. There's a lot of lights and a lot of lasers. The top superstars are on that as well. We are officially going to be seeing that Wednesday night when the show goes live. So when it comes to this, do you feel like... In some ways, Tony is starting to understand, man, you know what? I No matter how much I want to have my hand inside of every single little thing in the company, I'm going to have to uh, acquiesce to what other people are saying and, and 
maybe give some of that control up to people who've been in the business longer because they've just been in the business longer and they know what things are. Do you think that that's just a part of Tony Khan growing, realizing, you know what, I can't be the be all end all? I hope so. My God, I hope so. I mean, I like Tony Khan. I love AEW, but he's mm, too much. He's he's just he's trying to be Vince McMahon, you know. But the only difference is he's not going to be Vince. He, you know, for all of Vince's faults, Vince did a lot of good. Tony's just not there yet, and he's trying to. He's trying to run it all himself. It's feeling I get. I mean, this is another conversation that we've beat to death at this point. Even talking off air, on air, everything through text. He he's running it like like a mark. it's more. I think a lot of AEW is what Tony wants from fan. Him being the fan. And I, I hope, and I, I think you're probably accurate, and he's catching on four years later or three years later. Hey, maybe I need to lean on these people that have been there, done that, have great minds, and let them run with it a bit, and it'll help. It, it has to help. When you go to, to those people, your Jerry's, your Dustin's, your, your Dean Malenko's, you know, you're going to learn a lot. Those are great guys to learn from. Right? Like, use them. Right? Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, all those guys. QT Marshall. Learn from them. They've all been around a long time. And I think that's probably what this is exactly what happened. It's slowly. He's slowly figuring out. Like, no, maybe things are. Some things that have happened, transpired, haven't been great because I'm trying to run it all and we're going to let let some of these other more experienced people lead the way a little bit. And I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens after the what they call the facelift of the company happens from an aesthetical standpoint. Because I think about how many times has WWE changed uh, not only their signature uh, at the beginning of the show, but change their set as well. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. And I think what AEW is trying to do is they're trying to stay fresh. And they were fresh in the beginning, but then I feel like sometimes you start to, I don't want to say rest on your laurels, because I don't think that's a fair thing to say, but I think you start to become comfortable. And I think when you look at the ratings, you look at the numbers, you know, they've been in the 900,000s, 800,000s, um, and, and they only cracked a million, about a handful of times. And I think one aspect of that, at least from a production standpoint, is maybe we need to change things up from that aspect. Maybe we need to uh, present our performers in a different light. So maybe this will just be the catalyst of, of some things that they have on their their to-do list in 2023 that'll help make the product even better i hope it does i hope this leads to other things because you gotta grow you gotta change you gotta evolve and i feel like and i know we'll never get the answer to this and i know we continue to, to harp on this but i wonder if those are some of the things that or at least maybe portion of the things that that cody was frustrated with that you know 
there wasn't more expansion or talks of trying different things um and, and maybe uh, this is going to be a little bit different so hopefully we'll see something new and exciting on wednesday night which i think is is definitely going to be uh very very fun to see it's going to be live from seattle which is going to be really really cool um it's supposed to be a packed house i believe ticket sales have been really good um there's still some seats that are remaining but i think they'll both basically be uh done with walk-ups so i think it's going to be a good show that's awesome. Are they changing colors and whatnot too? Changing the logo or do you know? The logo, I don't know, but I know they're going to be changing colors. I don't know if you if you had a chance to maybe pull that up on your screen, but it's uh I'm actually going to right now. So. It, it looks good. So I'll, I'll while you're looking that up, I also want to bring something else up. Uh and, and we'll kind of circle back around to this topic. FTR uh, is is a really, really hot tag team in AEW. Well, recently, FTR's Dax Harwood decided to start his own podcast. Now, he started the podcast with someone who I'm actually very familiar with. Uh, his name is Matt Kuhn. And if you remember, Matt Kuhn did a podcast with Vince Russo uh, several years ago. Now, Matt Kuhn is from the uh, Conrad Thompson learning tree, as am I. And he is doing a podcast with Dax, and Dax has gotten himself in a little bit of a controversy. And I want to get the butt's take on this. So recently on a podcast, uh, actually the debut episode, he started to talk a lot about the friendship he has with CM Punk and how he was focused a lot about how what happened in the media scrum and what happened in the fallout between AEW CM Punk, the Young Bucks, Kenny and Tony Khan is that there's a lot of misunderstandings and that he feels like they all should put this behind them and welcome him back, meaning welcome Punk back and try to make this thing work out. And there are some pundits out there who believe if they can make this work out that they could make some big money. Now, I think there's a lot of us who also say well, it's nice to say that right now after the fact. But what do you think? I mean, I know I've gotten your opinion on this before, but if you were in charge, would you be willing to roll the dice one more time to see if everybody can play nice and to make some money? No. Just no. It's He's got a track record of being a troublemaker. Like, well, this is not the first go around. It's not the first time he's pitched a hissy fit and whatnot. You know, there's always seems to not always as stretch, you know, but fairly often there's drama involved in him, to one degree or another. You know, the the pipe bomb when he left WWE, uh, him and Cole Cabana's issues, right? And now you got this going on. No, he he doesn't bring. I don't think he's going to get you. Further ahead, make you more money. Well, he'll make you more money, but enough money to put up with his bullshit. Like you'll always tolerate a little bit of bullshit if you make him money. But there's a point. I just don't think he's. I think he comes off as somebody who's very selfish. Yeah, it's all about him. And fair, you no. Know, if you get to that level, you got to have an ego. You got to think you are the cat's meow. They all do to a certain extent. But he just seems to be over the top and you know how he handled that with with the uh, press conference was terrible. 
No, I'm sure he was probably provoked a little bit too, because the reports are that he tried talking to people. Nobody listened, basically. That was handled poorly as well, if that is the case. But you just you can't do that. You can't go out and go into business for yourself and, and pick a big fit. And you just can't. It's, it's so unprofessional. You can't do that at work. You can't do that tomorrow. You go to work. No. And pull some not. shit like that. I can't. No, Linda can't. Meg can't. Because it's it's just unacceptable in the workplace. Right? I get it. Wrestling a, is a, a different creature, but you just can't. And Freeland is not a work either. Just so I know the gears are turning in your head right now. It's not a work. It is not. So well, I think it's interesting because you know, Dax is a is a big fan, obviously, of CM Punk. And there are some people in AEW who are taking um they're taking it pretty personal, meaning Dax is praising CM Punk. And he is, you know, I don't want to say he's completely on his side, but he, but he is speaking for him in some ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who don't necessarily like that. If you are a friend of somebody and they have been involved in a situation such as what happened at the, um, the press conference, do you go out and publicly talk about that, knowing that when you go back to work, the people that you have to work with who are not so fond of that person um, might have some resentment towards you? Or do you say, you know, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to speak my mind on this. And if you don't like it, well, that's whatever. But go to work is still going to work. Well, I mean, what's your take on this? Would you be afraid to – not afraid, but would you be concerned to be maybe heaping praise on somebody who – the rest of the locker room really does not have any time for. No, because he, he's just, they're buddies. CM Punk and Dax are buddies. So you're always going to pick up for your buddies. That's right. the way it is. You're always going to. Who knows how long they've known each other. They, they could have been friends for 10, 12 years. I don't know. Right. I assume it's, they're not just friends since AEW. That would be a surprise. Yeah. Right, so no, they're friends. They're tight. I mean, we don't know how close they are. They could be best buddies hanging out fairly often, you know, calling and chatting every day and whatnot. So you're always going to defend your friends, and when you're defending your friend, you see things through a, a rose-colored glasses. Sometimes you might not see things as this. You see it from, you know, from your standpoint, which is fine. You know, no two people are going to see things the same. I mean, it comes down to a, you know, pitching a fit on live TV and then a fist fight. It's kind of hard to argue those two. But nonetheless, you see things a certain way. You're going to, you're always going to defend your friends. Just the way it is. You defend your friends. So I, I don't fault them for that. I don't agree with them for 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 his stand on it. Or his, him picking up for punk, that's fine. But I don't agree with his opinion on it. They should... No, let bygones be bygones. No, I don't agree at all. But picking up for your buddy, have at her. That's a good friend. Do you think in any way, shape, or form that I know Tony Khan would want to re-sign them once their contract is up, but we've heard that the uh, from both, you know, Dax and Cash, you know, Dax says he would like to go out and, and work for smaller companies and do traveling and do more things on the independence, uh, things that he'd like to do at this stage of his career. 
Now, cash is, is talking about, you know, potentially retirement at some point coming down the road. Um, we know that they dropped the Ring of Honor tag titles. We know they obviously dropped the AAA tag titles. So now, you know, they, they're they're not champions. Oh, well, they are. They're going to be defending the, the uh, New Japan uh, championships. But the point is, is do you feel like in some ways, and I know you can't be a champion in a company for forever. They're going to have to, you know, take the belts off you because it's their company's title. Do you feel like these guys are kind of starting to cool off as we start to see the emergence of other tag teams in AEW, such as the Gun Club, uh, such as we had the, the breakup of Swerve and Keith Lee. Obviously, we're seeing them heading in, in a different direction with the acclaimed. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think the Dax and Cash era might slowly be coming to an end as they start phasing in other younger talent to be maybe the future of AEW's tag division? No, not yet. No, they, they FTR still has a ton of life left in them. I, I think it's probably the, the titles are, are starting to leave because, like you said, you can't have one team have the title forever, much less when you have one team that has every title. Yeah, every, They had pretty much every major title that was not Impact or, or WWE. WWE. They had them all. Yep. So, you know, because that was cool. You know, it was interesting. They were traveling the world, beating everybody, winning everything. But that can't go on forever. You can't have one tag team dominate the world. Right. You just can't. So I think it's a, it's a transition now that they're still going to be incredibly relevant wherever they are. Right. They might not be champions, but they don't need to be champions to be at the top of the heap. This is very true. They're a team that does not need the belt. It's irrelevant. You put them in with anybody they're going to have a damn good match. They're, they're that good. They will make whoever they're wrestling look like a million bucks. They always look like a million bucks themselves. So no, I, I just think this is a transition time right now. They're taking them off. You know, give some other people the rub. But no, they're, they're still, there's still lots of life left in, the, in them. They're, they're not going nowhere. This is not coming to the end of an era for them. Not at all. Speaking of things that have come to an end, but maybe coming back again, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Arn Anderson on his podcast said that he would like to see a new incarnation of the Four Horsemen. And he said he would love to see it be Brian Pillman Jr., obviously his son. But he also said he would like to see Tessa Blanchard as part of this horseman mix. So what's your thoughts on if, and I'm trying to remember his name, um, Aaron's son's name. Brock. Brock. Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson, Brian Pillman Jr. Throw in Tessa Blanchers as well. See, that part really makes me uncomfortable. Um, just for the sake of she has not exactly played well with others in, in many regards. And that's upset a lot of people. And you got to be careful who you bring into a company too. I mean, if you got good chemistry and a good dynamic, the last thing you want to do is bring in somebody that could really change that. What are your thoughts on a different version of the four horsemen, but being Brock Anderson, Brian Pillman Jr. Obviously aren't being maybe the, the manager of them. Do you think this could work, or do you think, you know what, sometimes you just got to let things go? Uh, let it go. Not 
just let that go. Not not with that talent. Not that they're not incredibly talented wrestlers. They are. They're not going to be. They're not going to be the stable. What are they going to be? Uh, uh, the four horse people, next generation. No, not being mean or funny or nothing. Like, the four horse people, the next generation. What is that like a ripoff of Star Trek? I don't know, but you know, because you're bringing in, you know, three of them, or you know, their their dads were horsemen, right? So, I don't know who's going to be your fourth one, right? I, they're not going to get over. They're not. Right. I just, how are they going to live up to the four horsemen? Well, and that's the other thing. I feel like in some ways, we try to replicate the past. Because this recipe worked, right? But that recipe doesn't always work in every era. And I think factions can be successful if they're done right and not just thrown together for the sake of being put together because of the lineage of whomever. And I feel like that's that's an issue. And I don't necessarily agree that that would be the best idea. But we've seen crazier things happen. So keep your eyes open of what they'll do. So far, I think Brian Pillman Jr. could do really, really well. I think I would love to see him more on his own. But he and Griff, now Griff right now is on the sidelines. He recently had surgery. But what what was your thought, thoughts on the, the Varsity Blondes? What was your like take them. on them? I, I like them. I have to, They're both very talented. Right? Griff, considering... I didn't know who he was till what a year ago. Well, he had a T-shirt. Who the hell is Griff Garrison? Because nobody knew who he was. No, right. He did. It was, it's on pro wrestling. No, I believe it. Right. Nobody knew who he was. Who the the kid can Griff? wrestle. But he he can go in the ring. I don't think he's ever going to be um, a superstar or nothing like that. But both of them are too talented, and they can. Two solid mid-card guys. No, I don't think they're ever going to be more than upper mid-card. Not a damn thing wrong with that. Right? Uh, keeping them together, I don't think it's hurting, Pillman. It's really not. You don't know. When you, when you take somebody who's a tag team wrestler and you turn them loose, well, sometimes it doesn't quite shake out well. I mean, it's, it's happened. Look at Marty Gennetti. Yeah. Not so much. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Yeah. And neither one of them shook out. Now their tag team partners are both superstars. Like Hall of Famers, icons, whatever you want to call them. So, I, I don't know. I would leave them together. Uh, I don't think it's hurting none. And you don't forget, neither one of them are very old. No, they're, no. they're still two young fellas. I mean, what, in mid-20s? Roughly, yeah. Right, you're not very old. They still, they still need a little bit of seasoning before they start getting pushed heavy. Like you know, how often do you see somebody that's 24, 25, and that's a start? It happens, but that's an exception to the rule. I agree. Right? There's no MJF. Okay, fair, but there's been a lot of people fail. They were young. MJF, yeah. He's got it. How many other people have been brought in? Yep, can't miss. Going to be a star. 
And next thing they're on to indies for 500 bucks a night. Right. So no, don't I don't I don't think you push them yet. Not as separate or single story. I just leave them as tag. I mean, right now you had to do something with Brian because Griff is out. But once Griff comes back, or do something fun, have them feud. They come back, Pillman's all pissed off. You know, you've been gone, hurt. I've had to do this. I've had to do that. It's your fault. We could have been tag team champions. I hate you now. Here's a chair shot to the head. Something like that. Boom, we're off to the races. It'll work, won't it? You you got an instant feud, mid-tier feud, but you got one. Right? Have them beat the tower each other if you want to go separate ways. Only problem is then you're going to realize one's not going to get over. Neither one of them might get over, but you know one is not going to get over. Because one has to win, one has to lose. So then you have to figure out who you're going to ride and who you're not. Well, I think it's interesting just to know you know, what you would do or what people would do with either one of them, because I feel like there's a lot of talent and I'm starting to understand the philosophy or at least understand the way Tony works people into the mix. Start some off at, on uh, dark elevation, then to dark, then to rampage, and then obviously on to dynamite next. That's normally the progression of what we see somebody. Now, if they're just really not getting over, well, then obviously they may very well stay on those. But I've noticed that people have kind of climbed the the ranks right there, and that's almost kind of like the maturation of somebody's success in AEW. So we'll see what happens with with either one of those guys, but I definitely think they have something with them. It's just what exactly are they going to do? Are they going to keep them with a tag team? Are they going to make them these happy baby face guys, or or are they going to maybe change their personality a little bit? Personally, I would love to see Brian Pillman Jr. as a bad guy because I think it would get more out of his character. Being a rah-rah, happy baby face, just for me personally, just doesn't work. But we'll definitely have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, Another thing that I want to talk to you about that I I think you're probably not going to be too happy about, we got a new SmackDown Women's Champion. So all of you, I'm sure, are aware that the current SmackDown Women's Champion is the one and only Charlotte Flair. Yep, she went ahead and made a surprise appearance, immediately challenged Ronda Rousey. Ronda went ahead and lost the title. And in record time almost, Hogan beating, beating Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. It happened in the blink of an eye. She had the championship. We shouldn't be surprised by this in a lot of ways. But I feel like it was a necessary move to get the title off of Rhonda. Things just weren't working out with Rhonda. We do believe, and many people believe, the, the bloom is off the rose when it comes to Rhonda Rousey. Now, her second run as SmackDown Women's Champion lasted 83 days, but unfortunately, things have not quite gone the way they thought they would. She didn't have great matches with the opponents that she was put up against. When she, they put her with uh, Shayna Baszler, that really didn't work out too well. What's your thoughts now on going back to Charlotte? Is it one of those we don't want to keep, you know, doing the same thing, but you know what? We have to have a fallback plan. And really right now, Charlotte is our fallback plan because we know at least when she has the title, it's going to be in good hands. Lack of options. 
this exactly what this Rhonda was not getting over. That was that was dying. A slow and suffering death. So they had to do something. Rhonda's not over. Rhonda's gotten worse in the last what's she been around? Three years now? Four mm-hmm. years? I don't know. I honestly think she's gotten worse. I mean, and she's a damn good talent. She is an amazing athlete. Oh, she just doesn't care. Heart's not in. Who knows? But she, her matches are not nearly as good as what they were. Right? For as much as we're all tired of Charlotte being the champion, at least you know what you're going to get. The consistency right. is there. She has good matches. Yes. It's not that she doesn't. I, I've never said that. But it's, it's just old. A little long in the tooth now. It's been... How many times is she champion now? 14, 15 times? Uh, I think it's officially 16. Is it 16 now? Same as her daddy? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, at least with her, you you know what you're going to get. Like, you can leave the belt on her for a year. It's just the entertainment value to it is not going to be there, I don't think. People will have a hard time getting behind it, even though she's coming back. So that'll help a little bit, but it's just worn out. It's it's old. People don't want it no more. I don't think people do. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't want it anymore. How about that? Well, Clutch Sports uh, wrote a really interesting little bit of this. It says, Charlotte Flair made her shocking return to WWE television on the latest episode of SmackDown. Not only did Flair make a return, but she also had the match and won the championship from Ronda Rousey. Not only did anyone not expect to see that match, but no one expected her to become champion again. You know what? I do stand corrected. She's the 14-time, not 16. I apologize. However, this is what makes it interesting. The reaction from wrestling fans after her win has been split. After Charlotte returned, she got her title match with no questions asked, and that was confusing with some fans. The match itself was imminent, and it was very subpar, and they weren't very generous with the time. Now, the good news is Ronda is no longer champion. Obviously, she doesn't have to be the face of the women's division any longer. But the bad news is Charlotte Flair is back to being forced down everyone's throats again. Allegedly online, fans are upset that Charlotte just returned and became champion again without any rhyme or reason. It's not fair to the other superstars who don't get the opportunities which she has given. I'm not a fan of Flair, but I don't dislike her either, the article says. I do think she's had a little bit easier than other female wrestlers because of who her father is. So I I do agree that, that people have had Charlotte Flair shoved down their throat. But I feel like in some ways that's kind of the WWE model, right? Shove it down their throat until they like it. You will you will eventually like what we give you. But I will say this. I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with who her father is. I think Charlotte is a stand-on-her-own type of person. And I think she actually succeeds in spite of the fact of what her father is. I don't think Ric Flair being your father necessarily is a good thing. What's your take on that? Might not be a good thing now. You can't tell me she didn't get breaks at the beginning because of who her old man was. Oh, I do. I do believe in the beginning there was right. some. There was some. Yeah, sure. There was some nepotism there. Right. Right now, she doesn't need it anymore. She's fourteen-time champion. She's the go-to. You know. So no, I don't think at this point it makes a difference. 
But no, she definitely benefited from her dad. Right? And I bet you it still has something. There's, I don't think it's a bad thing being Ric Flair's kid. Right? But it, she she benefits. Not definitely not now like she did. But she, I think she still benefits. Because she's still Flair. That's the thing. Her last name is still Flair. Right? So you know, people still know it. Even if you're a casual fan. You know, you were a fan back in the 80s. You were a fan in the 90s. You know, you're getting back into it again. Or you just happen to be flipping through. Oh, wrestling's on. I'll put it on for a minute. Just because. You know, you're bored one night. Oh, Charlotte Flair. Ric Flair's daughter. It's got the name value to it. So it, it definitely helps. Right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like even though she is a flair, she's she's succeeding because of how talented she truly is. She's not just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I no. mean, she can put on a great, great match. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like the fans are kind of at the point where they were with Roman Reigns uh, a few years ago when it was just Roman, 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 Roman. And it always was like, you know, Roman has to be the person that you cheer for. I feel like in a lot of ways they do that with Charlotte as well right now, but I feel like they're not really as eager to force fans to like her, but I think they have forced fans to come to accept the fact that she is the gold standard right now inside WWE when it comes to the women. And whether it's good or bad, I think a lot of times um, WWE has a plan. I think Triple H has a plan. And I don't think he's going to deviate from it. Do I think that this means that Ronda will never be champion again? No. But I also think that you're right. They don't have a lot of people who they can put the championship on. I mean, they tried to do it with a lot of different girls, and it really didn't work out. So I feel like in a lot of ways, they're going to stick with this until they're forced their hand again unless somebody gets injured. I don't foresee her not being champion. I mean, I see her champion through WrestleMania, clearly. And then I think you're probably end up going to have to find something out coming up no way out which is normally the fallout out of um wrestlemania yeah you're you're probably right there just now is it that there's nobody else they can put the belt on freeland or is it nobody else they will put the belt on that's a tough go because when it comes to you know, I was talking to some people, and there's a formula that is traditionally used in wrestling. I'm not saying it's used all the time, and I'm not saying every company uses it, but the formula is ticket sales, crowd response, and merchandise is normally the big three things that they do take into consideration when it comes to who they're going to decide to put a championship on. Those are three indicators. Now, do I think there's nobody out there that could have the title right now? Yeah, you could go with some people. They might be easier to go with. But, I mean, think about it from this perspective. From the Raw brand, are you really going to – Bianca Belair has the title. She's only really going to switch it with another person, which would be Becky Lynch. But, once again, we've seen the Becky Lynch experience. We've been there before. We talked about this. Who else could Charlotte go up against? I mean, are you going to bring up uh, Roxanne Perez right now? She's still NXT. Is she ready for a big jump yet? Eh, probably not. 
So who would that other person be? I mean, Alexa Bliss is on Monday Night Raw, so that's clearly not going to happen. I got one. Naomi. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because there is conversations right now about what is going to be happening with Naomi. Great segue here. So as some of you may know, Naomi is going to be in Japan. She's actually going to be accompanying um, Sasha Banks while she's there for Wrestle Kingdom. However, it doesn't appear that she's going to be signing with New Japan or stardom either. Many believe that she still is interested and will eventually come back to WWE. Now, Naomi and Sasha have been absent from wrestling once again since they walked out last May and dropped the tag team championships. Now, there's been some speculation about Naomi's future in the wrestling business as there's a lot of updates that are now just coming out within the last month. Now, according to Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, he said... That a decision has already been made and that all indications point that she's going to be coming back to WWE. So your thoughts on her. Do you think absence makes the heart grow fonder? Do you think this raises her stock? Do you think that she's going to be an immediate impact on the company? Or do you think it's, well, we didn't get Sasha, so we got to at least get Naomi back. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the being with Sasha. We gotta get Naomi. I don't think that. I think she'll definitely be a a short term pop. You bring her back in, people are gonna remember. I mean, she was a tag team champion, but she was pretty popular. She can wrestle. You know, it gives you a new face, some new excitement. So I think you're gonna get that from it. I don't think it's gonna be the end all be all though. But I could see it being just somebody new to throw into the mix. Right. Have her give her a chance. I think a lot of your talent right now exists in NXT. I mean, you got a lot of women down there that I think can do very, very well. I mean, of course, on the main roster, you still have B Fab and you still have Asuka, which I think is is once again options that you could go for. Asuka's amazing. She is amazing. I, I give you hundred percent credit. Yes, she is. Uh, Bailey, I, I don't know, but then, but then we'll start talk, talk about people like Blair Davenport, which I think she has done a great job. I've seen her within NXT as well. I think she's going to be somebody that you have to keep your eyes on as well. There's a lot of other Ava rain. I mean, let's be honest. If we're talking about people and who's gotten some looks because of who they are, I mean, she's the rock's daughter. So that, I mean, she's definitely climbing up the ranks pretty quick. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the girl who Alba Fire is really good as well. Oh, what is her name? She's blonde. Nikita Lyons. Mm -hmm. I think Nikita Lyons very well could be your next big star that hits one of the main brands. And I think that's probably going to be sometime after WrestleMania, but I I'll think watch that. I'd watch that every day, twice on Sundays, my friend. Um, I just, I wonder what's going to be happening here because you're not going to split up damage control. You're not going to do that and have them go on their separate ways. I mean, they're the only ones holding up the tag titles right now. And I mean, really, let's think about it. The tag division that Naomi and Sasha walked out on really is not much of a tag division. So yeah. I think... I think they're going to have to buy their time right now until some of this talent actually just gets up to the main roster from NXT. Yeah. 
But I think that Naomi could very well be that surprise. Could she be that surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble? Maybe she could. She comes in, wins the Rumble. No, does a stupid point to the to the WrestleMania thing. Fireworks go off. I don't know. Well, her husband could works be. for the company too, so I could see where they would want to be back together again. I get who's that. her husband. Oh my gosh, um, guys, you're putting me on the spot. Let's see here, I can't say that and not have the answer for it. Oh God, I had it in the top of my head. Inquiring minds want to know. I thought you were. I thought you were going to jump in there and go. Oh yeah, it's Jimmy Uso. He doesn't drive her around, does he? That's terrible. Well, we're moving on. Just a question. Oh, you're terrible. My gosh. The segment's brought to you by Uber. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about the uh, the other star that was just in this conversation. Uh, Mercedes Vernado, uh, formerly known as Sasha Banks. Now, a lot of people know that she is officially done with WWE, at least for now. The former WWE superstar sent out tweets thanking the company and some of the key people who make made her career. She thanked Vince McMahon. She also thanked the entire crew, Triple H, William Regal. She also thanked the character that is Sasha Banks, who she has portrayed for the last 10 years. Now, she's becoming a free agent on January 1st, and she's going to be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom 17. There's a ton of speculation also that she very well may be the mystery partner to Soraya, which will be happening on AEW Dynamite when they go live from California, not this week, but the following week. So I'm wondering here, she said her goodbyes, which I think that's just the right thing to do. I I think she's a classy person. A lot of people gave her grief about dropping the tag titles, but you also have to understand there's a lot of tumultuous things going on backstage when Vince was there. I mean, that's when all the allegations started to leak out. The company atmosphere wasn't that great. She decided that it was time to walk, but New Japan, stardom, we know that that's already going to happen. That's already a a done deal. Um, What do you put, and I know, I think we have a bet going on right now. I think we got a t-shirt on the line. What's the deal if Sasha Banks does turn up as the tag team partner for Soraya uh, when AEW airs from Los Angeles in two weeks? I think you said that I would have a t-shirt if she is the mystery partner. And I'd have to get you a t-shirt if she wasn't, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm a man of my word. I will get one t- No, I'll one up. I'll one up it. I'll, oh, order your, I'll order your t-shirt and I'll get a Pro Wrestling Tees. We'll order one of those mystery tees as well. You get know, it. You, you do get. not have to do that. I, I'm feeling generous. Don't screw it up. It doesn't happen often. So you you really do not believe in any of the hype that no. she could be the mystery partner to Soraya? She could be. Santa what, Claus what? could be the mystery partner too. Okay, but you're not buying it. Nope. Interesting. All right, that's fine. I mean, because think about it. A lot of people are saying it's it's probably going to be Thunder Rosa. Some people are saying that she's coming back from injury. Obviously, she has a beef with Britt Baker. That definitely could could happen. She obviously has been talked down upon by Tony Storm. Could she come back and start a feud with Tony Storm? We don't know. Who else could this mystery person be? Um, you know, you're 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 clearly starting to reach 
when you start going past Thunder Rosa, because I don't really know how many other people would be considered the mystery person unless it was supposed to be a big deal. Would you agree with that? Normally, mystery opponents, when they put the graphic up and they put the silhouette of the person, that's a big deal. So you're not just going to be bringing back anybody. Maybe it's like Awesome Kong or Kimono Wanalea. No? You're terrible. Mandy Rose? You're terrible. What, what, what about uh, Camille Brickhouse from the NWA? What about that? That could be a possibility. Yep. I'm trying to think of who else could, who else could be a big name that they would. I mean, I, I don't think this would ever happen. I really don't. But um, Tessa Blanchard, the aforementioned Tessa Blanchard. Shit, that's another T-shirt we can bet on that one. Oh my Shit, god! I'll go five T-shirts on that one. So, who do you think is going to be the mystery woman? Let's let's once again talk about this. It's probably going to be Thunder Rosa, in all reality. But there was rumors that she wasn't on good standing with AEW. There was a bit of a spat going on there a couple months ago. Well, there was. An I remember in- reading. Yeah, there was an issue with Thunder Rosa because she was as she said, not medically cleared to wrestle. She said she had some injuries and that she was now recently just going through rehab and being able to start training fully. Now, I think there were some beliefs in AEW that the injury might not be to the extent that she made it out to be. Once again, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. We, we really don't know what's going on with that. What was the injury? Um, I'm actually going to pull something up right here. If I can pull up a clip. I'll throw out a random one just for shits and giggles. Okay, we're going we're gonna big time swerve here. Vince are so special. Rebel. Rebel comes out, you know, and then she puts the crutch across the back before the bell, of course, so you don't get DQ'd. And she joins with Surya. I'm totally stretching here, but. No, that's not a bad it, one. It'd be neat. She's been a lackey for a long time. Maybe Soraya's help her see the light. I don't know. I mean, would it be the worst idea you've ever heard? No, not at all. It actually makes sense. I mean, you know how long we waited for Wardlow to turn on Max? Mm-hmm. I think we've all waited long enough for Rebel to officially turn on Britt Baker. I, you can't tell me nobody, nobody's waiting on it. Like, nobody is been expecting i've been waiting for it to happen for a year like when's it gonna happen but but i don't know does rebel even wrestle anymore see i don't know i don't know i don't know she hasn't wrestled in aew at all i don't think actually or run in here or run in there but no running here running there yeah nothing nothing huge i don't like i said that's a stretch i know that but it'd be entertaining it's like me in a cheap pair of underwear um Let's talk about the aforementioned Miss Thunder Rosa. So what was happening is it was a back injury that she had. So she was saying that she had a really, really bad back injury. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm getting this information from cage side seats. And so she claimed that she was suffering a back injury and that she was going to have to go ahead and relinquish the championship. Now, 
due to this back injury, she was not going to defend the championship against um, Tony Storm. So the belt was now put up as the interim championship. Obviously, Tony Storm came on to win it. And she was a little miffed originally because she was given less airtime to talk to the television audience about her injury. She was given like 30 seconds as opposed to CM Punk was given. I want to say something ridiculous, like 12 minutes to talk about his relinquishing the championship before it was determined that it really wasn't relinquished. He was just going to be on the shelf for a while, but yet they were going to have an interim champion until he came back. I think that's what really upset her as well. Would you feel slighted as well? or, Or would you say, you know what? That's what the boss says. And that's just the way it is. You'd had to feel slighted, but she also needs to realize CM Punk's a bigger deal than her. True. Now, is it right for her to get 30 seconds and him get 10, 12 minutes? Oh, come on. If she's going to go through that to where she's got to relinquish the belt because she's injured, at least let her present it as that. But give her, Give her a little bit of time. I'm not saying 10, 12 minutes. I don't think Punk should have got 10, 12 minutes either. That, that's a big segment. That's a lot. You know, if you give him five minutes to ramble on about whatever, you can get an extra match in or, or extend a match, something like that. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear somebody ramble on 10 or 12 minutes that he's injured and he's got to relinquish whatever. But, yeah, she's got legit beef there to be miffed. I would, too. You gave me 30 seconds, man. Because like, she's helped the women's division a lot. Let's, let's be honest. What's the what's the best match AEW women's division has ever had? Oh, it was definitely the lights out match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. <sighs> like it's hand, it's not even close. I don't think. No. So just based on that alone, you gotta give her a little bit. Do you if think you... Britt Baker would have been given thirty seconds? No. Exactly. Britt Baker would have been given more. This. Is Thunder Rosa just not over? I think at one point she really was. And I think then some things started happening backstage, which I don't know what the issues were. But I think there were some backstage issues that were happening with with Rosa herself. And I think that happened. And then a lot of people are saying this is the this is the story, which I'm not saying I believe in. But they're saying that all of a sudden things weren't going so hot. She was the champion. She was scheduled to drop the belt. Then she had this back injury that she started to claim that she couldn't wrestle. Therefore, instead of losing the championship, she decided to drop the title. And when she came back, she'd be able to go ahead and wrestle again. The the word is she didn't want to drop the belt. And unfortunately, sometimes when the title's changing hands and you're just not the hot one right now, you got to drop it to somebody else. The ship goes on. Someone dropped it to you. There's nothing wrong with you dropping it to somebody else. But so she went on Busted Open Radio, and this was uh, back in December, and she was talking about how she's been in pain for quite a long time. She's given fans updates on her vlog, saying she's still uh, yet to get back in the ring. She said she's still working very hard these days to get towards her goals. She would go on to also say this, and I quote, The recovery is going well. This week I'm able to do squats with two-pound dumbbells. I haven't done any lifting for the last four or five months. Actually, two weeks ago, I was able to do a 5K, which I walked half of it. I just want to say that because I am actually not allowed to run. 
I can jog, but that's pretty much it. And those are big milestones for me right now. I have not been able to get in the ring once again just yet, but we're working on that. Now, that was from Cage Side Seats, and that was uh, that was in December. So that was very recently on what she had to say about her injury. Do you believe that she's legitimately injured, or do you think that this is frustration with AEW boiling over and she's conveniently using the injury for a reason to get out of whatever is going on? I hope she's really injured. She's not big enough to pull this political game nonsense like this. She's just not. Right. So if if this route she's going, I think she's making a big mistake. I would imagine, I could see it being something like, yeah, she's hurt. She might be playing it up a little bit more. Than it is, but I would imagine she's got to get uh, doctor's note for a lack of better words. I would assume some no. clarification. They, you know, if if you can't wrestle and you're under contract or whatever, you would think she's had to go see a specialist or something, and the reports go to Tony Khan or well, go to whoever it would be. Maybe not. Maybe I'm way off base on that. So it'd be hard to hide. I agree. So I, I, I'm going to say no. She's legit hurt. I hope you know just piss poor timing. Well, continuing on with more stories of things to talk about. Uh, we talked about Dax Harwood earlier in the show, and on his podcast, he actually made a comment that I thought was really interesting. And he thinks that the Young Bucks should be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest tag teams of all time. So, what do you say about all that, Mr. Butt? Do you think Nick and Matt Jackson should be on the Mount Rushmore? And I think, what what is Mount Rushmore? Is it five or four? What is it? Okay, I don't know. Well, it's closer to you. How is it closer to me? It's north. It's not near me. Let me see. Mount Rushmore. One, Is two, that three. not in North Dakota? I think so. They're, they're, okay, there's four of them. There's four of them. Whoa. So, do you, and I'm not going to ask you to wow. name the Mount, your Mount Rushmore. I'm just asking you, if one of those four spots, would you be willing to give it to the Young Bucks? Keep in mind, you got Legion of Doom. Oh, Nasty Boys, the Rock and Roll Express, Harlem Heat. Yeah, you got them as well. You got the Steiners. You got the New Rockers. Power and Glory. I'm not even commenting on that. Right. Oh, so would you? What would you say? Would you put them on there? I don't know. Um, I'm. They have done a lot for the tag team division. They really have. But uh, it's hard to put them in, in the category of Mount Rushmore. Well, let me let me let me throw yeah, some names know. here at for you. You got the Hart Foundation, which is Brett and the Anvil. You got the Dudleys, the Legion of Doom, Edge and Christian, as I said before, 
the Steiners. Uh, let me see. Let me throw out some other names that may help you. The Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. I don't think of them as a tag team. The Fabulous Freebirds, which is more of a, of a faction. Uh, the Brain Busters, the New Age Outlaws, Demolition. I said the Steiners. I said Edge and Christian. Um, let's see. Yeah, that seems to be a lot of them. Who would, I mean, when you take all of that into consideration, who do you, uh, who do you feel? Do you feel like they deserve a spot? Because that's a big deal if you're going to give them one spot. No, not, not for me. No, just no. I also, I'm first going to admit, I don't know a lot about them before AEW. Like, I've yeah. read. But I, I never followed them, so... The Bushwhackers? Doom? Bushwhackers were a lot of fun. The they were day. over like Rover. The Mega Powers? No. The Brothers of Destruction? Matt and Jeff, the Hardys? Oh, yeah. Man, there's beer, beer there's a lot there, man. No, Beer Money know. were actually damn good. Mm-hmm. The Natural Disasters? Um... I like tugboat, so I mean, I would. I'm completely biased there. So the rock and sock connection, Dick the uh, Bruiser and the Crusher. Yeah, they were a great tag. I mean, way back in the day before our day, but still, nonetheless. Los Guerreros, if you remember them. What about the Funks? Wow. Yeah. Never thought about Hollywood blondes. No. Ricky Steamboat in Jay Youngblood. The Minnesota Wrecking Crew. No. The Rockers. No. The We're Fabulous Kangaroos. What the hell is that? Bill Dundee. Who was first in 1901. The Fabulous Kangaroos oh. put the style on the map as they started wrestling matches. In 1957, Al Costello and Roy Hefferon embraced the full Australian gimmick. They brought bush hats and boomerangs to the ring with them. This tag team might not have succeeded. Mr. Fuji and Professor Tanaka. Um, I'm just trying to throw out some other ones. The Russian team, obviously from WCW. The Blackjacks, the New Age Outlaws. Uh, your team, Harlem Heat, you mentioned. Nick, uh, let's see, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Chronic. I like both of them. Yeah. Why are you looking at that at least twice an episode? They were horrible. They were garbage. Chronic from WCW. Yes. Brian Adams and... um, Brian Clark. Moving on. The Valiant Brothers, the Wild Samoans, the Briscoes, the Von Erichs. Like I said before, the Fabulous Freebirds. Which Von Erichs? Let's see here. Uh, the Von Erichs were much more of a stable than a tag team, but it feels weird not ranking them. The Fabulous Freebirds as well. Their feuds in the early 80s was legendary. It doesn't say which one, but obviously just pick any two you want. The Midnight Express, the Orient Express. Tie and tie. Choppy, 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 pee-pee. Choppy, choppy, pee-pee. Rock and Roll Express. Edge and Christian. 
Legion of Doom. So there's so many of tag teams that I mean we were talking about, but I mean, so you're saying if you had to allocate one spot, you would not give it to Nick and Matt Jackson. No, I wouldn't. You? It's kind of hard. It's it's kind of hard. I mean, because I think if you're going to give tag teams of of all time, which again that that's a hard thing to do because normally you break it down into generations, mm-hmm. but if you have the way I would look at tag teams, if I was going to break it down to the four best, I would pick a technical team. I would pick a brawling team. I'd pick a high flyers team. And I would pick just a super uber baby face team. I would, I would break them up into genres if I was going to put them on there. So okay. today's Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Would you have them on it? Today is in 2020. Right now. 23? <laughs> yeah, 23. Uh, I would, yes. In this era, I would. Absolutely, I would. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. Interesting. Just one man's take. But, well, well, but that's the funny when you, when you get to talk about stuff like that. Yes. Mount Rushmore is your top 5, 10, whatever it will be. That's the beauty of it. And then you can right. do the banter back and forth. Maybe you could convince me or I could convince you one way or the other. It's just fun that way. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Gosh, there's so many different things here. I want to ask you this question as well. When it comes to MJF, and I know he's been somebody we've talked about quite a bit on the show, but... Let's be. Let's just be real here. I mean, he he has the title now, so with the title, if he's this true, you know, talent of the generation or whatever he calls himself, that's got to correlate to numbers, correct? Yes, that's got to correlate to viewership. That's gonna that's gonna correlate to people tuning in. With that being said, do you think he's the guy that's going to get them over a million consistently? Yep, he will. Not right now. He's yes, he will. Okay, I I am all in on MJF. I think he's fantastic. Do you think, let's say, for for whatever reason, an MJF were to go down an injury, is do you feel comfortable that there's somebody else waiting in the wings that could carry that torch? Yeah, Adam Page. Okay, Adam Page, absolutely. What do you think about eventually Ricky Starks? Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Him and MJF are going to have a great feud. Oh, I agree. But that is going to be dynamite. Let them talk every week. Have them wrestle every three months. Just have those two talk every week. And you'll tune in. Because you know there's going to be each of them is going to say at least one thing that you're just going to go Ooh. right? Whether it be, oh my god you can't say that or Jesus, he cut him up. Something. Both of them triple you know, carbon copies of one another when it comes to that. Fantastic talkers. But they're not just mouthpieces. They can both wrestle. They can go. Well, I find it to be very interesting that the first pairing with MJF is is Brian Danielson. And that's where the direction they're going right now. So I I feel like 
Brian wants to give the rub to MJF. I feel like Danielson's one of those guys who wants to have fun matches, but I think he wants to give back as well. And I feel like he's definitely going to be somebody who is going to accent MJF really, really well. Because right now, that's kind of the direction they're going in here. So when it comes to that, would that be a feud you would tune in to see? Danielson and MJF. Not long term. No. No, clearly not. I want it to be something short. Okay. Two, three months tops. Now, why would you say... Why would you say you wouldn't want to see them go longer? Because I want to see somebody new. You've already seen Danielson. Yeah, I mean, Danielson's been around for a while. He doesn't need to feud with MJF or anybody else to give him the rub for an extended amount of time. He doesn't. You know they're going to have a good match. Right. You know MJF's just going to make fun of him, tear him up and everything else. Right. That's how it's going to go, and MJF's going to go over. Danielson's not going to win. We know that. MJF's sure. going to cheat just about every time to win. Right. He might end up with one clean win over him, but the bulk of him's going to be cheating. Well, diamond ring to the forehead or something like that. You don't want that to be, I don't, sorry, I don't want that to be a long-term feud. Have him go at it, sure, he gets a little bit of a rub. But do you honestly think wrestling against Danielson is, it's going to give you that much of a rub. Is it is it that big of a deal? Honestly, I personally think it is. Okay, well, I'll go fuck myself. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I definitely think it definitely adds to the credibility of MJF. If if that's where we're kind of going with it, like a lot of people say, does MJF need to wrestle Brian Danielson? I would say yes, because I think when you're trying to build MJF up, not to say he's not well on his way on his own, but he has to have some of those signature feuds, those signature matches and those signature wins that are going to be, what's going to propel him to that next level. Now, do I see him being somebody we're talking about 10 years from now? I don't know. Do you think MJF will be somebody we talk about in 10 years? Ten years, long time. Yep, I think I think so. I I think he is legitimately that good. I I put him there with Roddy Piper. Okay, so you wouldn't. So you mean Roddy at his peak? That's where you would see MJF peaking at. Yes. You wouldn't put him at a Cena or a Rock level. No. I don't think so. Though, especially the Rock, that's a different level. Like, oh, that's, that's, I, I agree. Like, do you think there's no? There's been think, nobody else. Do you think he could be on the level of a Bret Hart? Yes. Not in the but. But you got to realize, Bret in the ring makes MJF look foolish. MJF on the microphone makes Bret look foolish. Right. Right. But if if you weigh it out, you know, the the package together, MJF I think would be over Brett. And that takes a lot for me to say that. Sure. Right? Because I'm biased. Plain and simple. I'm terribly biased. Right. Well, 
I think when we talk about people, and, and here's the thing where I think it's really interesting. So like where AEW, I feel like, is in a really good position is they have a lot of young talent, and they can go in a lot of different directions. Like I said before, they can go MJF. They can go Ricky Starks. Um, they also can go Daniel Garcia as well at some point in time. You know, we've seen what they've done with Top Flight going up against Claudio and John Moxley. I think they're really now that both are healthy, they're really going to push Top Flight hard. And I think Top Flight's really good. And I think Top Flight's going to be a young tag team that's going to be, once again, a big, a big staple in what they end up doing, especially with them, the acclaimed. The Gun Club, I think, is really, really good as well. And they're going to obviously continue to introduce other tag teams as well. But I think when it comes to the championship, you got a lot of guys that you could go with. Now, the Darby Allen conversation, we had this last uh, last episode. The Darby Allen conversation is interesting for the simple fact that is Darby just that guy who's going to be mid-card guy or is Darby that guy that you can throw in the conversation of you know, a Daniel Garcia or a Ricky Starks or an MJF, or do we feel like he's just kind of on the fringe on the outside of something like that? He's on the outside now. Uh, he, he was there and uh, he just got lost. Yeah. But that's what I think happened. Uh, pains me to say it, but as soon as they aligned him with Sting, everything went to shit for him. I think it was good in the beginning, but I think he that that's become his identity, yeah. and he's he's gotten away from that reckless, abandoned type of guy he was. Now he's looked at as Sting's right hand man, and I don't feel like you really want to be strapped with that title. Um, there was an article Sting said that he's not going to be wrestling much longer. It doesn't surprise me. He's sixty four, I think now, or something. Sixty four. Like I mean, that's you know, it's a lot of miles on that body. There is. The fact that he's still doing suicide dives off of balconies and stuff. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. I wouldn't do that. I'm 43. Why did that? I break something, make a hip, slip a disc. Let me ask you this question. Hook, do you think Hook could be in the world championship picture? Nope. Really? You don't think he would be considered in that Ricky Starks? conversation daniel garcia conversation mjf you wouldn't put his name up in that thing either would you put him more of a more of a upper mid card guy i think that's what he's going to be your upper mid card guy okay i'd like to see him in hell i got his t-shirt on you do right i mean i like hook i just don't know if he's ever going to get over that big to where he's going to be your main event or your top tier guy so what would you say about jack perry He's going to get pushed to be a top-tier guy, but I don't think he is one. Yeah. Interesting. That's what's going to happen there. He's good. They're all good. I'm not saying nothing, not trying to say anything negative about him. They're all damn good. Right. It's just where's, where's going to be our entertainment value to it, and I just don't think somebody like Hook is going to have the entertainment value to it. I I will give uh, Jack Perry credit. That match he had with uh, Luchasaurus. Yeah. That was a damn good match. That was better than I anticipated in all reality. I'm sure you too. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. Nobody's seen that match coming out like a day. I don't think so. No. That was no a good one match. That, that came out of the clear blue nowhere. Right. So maybe, maybe he could, but I don't. 
I think he's going to be another. I think he should be a high mid card guy, but I think he's going to. They're going to try to push him. Okay, I'll throw one out. What about mm-hmm. Sammy? I like Sammy Guevara. I'll be open and honest with you. I think that he needs to be on his own, though. He does not need to be part of a of a group anymore. Um, Keep him with the with the, with the Jericho Society. His wife. Oh, um, you know that might not be a bad idea to break that up. No, it's I, it bothers me. It, it's I, a little I just weird. Don't care. Yeah, you could turn him babyface, and people will love him. Because if you're going to keep him heel, you keep him with Jericho. Right. There's the only way you're breaking that up, having him go free of that is he's turning face, or Jericho Appreciation turns face. He stays heel. I can't see you doing that. That's hard to pull off. True. Four guys turn he- or turn face and one guy stays heel. It's harder to go the other way. Um, I'm looking at this graphic right now. This this tag match with Jamie Hader and Dr. Britt Baker versus uh, Soraya and someone else. Now, let me ask you, do you think this silhouette is the silhouette of the person? I don't know. I haven't even seen it. Look at this. Get it on your computer here. Look at the look at the silhouette and see if we can figure out who we think this could be. And the reason why I think it's so interesting is it looks like there's gosh. Yeah, I think the whole Thunder Rosa comment might be right. And the reason why I say this is because on the very top of this person's head, are you do you have the picture? I'm working on it. Where'd you find it, Freeland? Uh, I went uh, to WrestlingNews.co, and I went under AEW News. It looked like she got little pom-poms on the top of her head. And if we know Thunder Rosa's hairstyle... There we go. I'm just pulling the picture up here. Yeah. I think it, it, it kind of looks like when she does the pom-poms on her head. Look at the top of the picture. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Do you see what I'm trying to say? No, yeah, I see it. Yeah, because like when she wrestles, she's got those little those little pom-poms on top of her head. So I think that definitely could be... It could... I hope it's not Thunder Rosa. Not for the simple fact that I want a t-shirt. Well, I mean, I do. Um, Shocking. I'm going to send this to you so you can see something real quick. Let's see here. Um, Gosh, what was I going to say? Now I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, I knew what I was going to ask you. Obviously, there's going to be a big buildup here. Cody Rhodes is going to be coming back. They were talking about that on Monday Night Raw. It looks like WrestleMania is going to really be a good show. Here's my question to you. Do you feel like WWE sometimes goes back to the well one too many times? Yes, it's the biggest show of the year. But do you really feel like it's important to have The Rock come back? Do you really feel like The Rock-Roman Reigns storyline is something that needs to happen, or do you think it's just a spectacle at this point if The Rock were to come back? No, spectacle. Sure. There's no there's no other value to it. 
okay, The Rock comes back. Is he going to win? So he's going to be your champion now? We'll see. That he'll the... be back next WrestleMania? Exactly. That's that's my whole thought. Like, would that really happen? No. Like, at least you can knock on Goldberg all you want or Brock. But at least when they come back, they wrestle a bit. Not a lot. It's definitely part-time. But they wrestle a bit. Right. You, you think uh, Rock's going to do five shows this year? No. Right? No, like you're gonna know. you're gonna have him win the belt at WrestleMania and lose it at what's after WrestleMania? I think that well I, I think I might have spoken incorrectly. It might it might be WrestleMania backlash. Yeah, so you know, you're not gonna have him win it at WrestleMania, you got all the hoop hoopla and the hype and everything, and he loses the next pay per view. If he's gonna if he's gonna lose it. It's going to have to be at a big pay-per-view. Correct. So he's going to have the belt for three months. What's he going to do? Is he going to be coming on Monday Night Raw or, or SmackDown and, and defending it? No. Are they going to have him come in just do the talking? He's got bigger fish to fry. Right. I, I can't see it. It's just a hoopla thing. They're going to have him come back if it happens. Because there's rumors still it might not happen as well. But if he does come back, he's going to lose to Roman. They're going to try to make Roman look like he is the the head of the table. No, he beat The Rock. No. Have Rikishi come back and run somebody over. I did it for Roman. (laughs) Did you just say Rikishi? Yeah. Oh, for the love of Pete, Rikishi. That's the one who did it, wasn't it? I don't remember who Ran hit who. somebody over. Oh. I did it for the rock. That was maybe, it, maybe it was. Pretty sure. I'm going to take your word on that just for the simple fact that I don't have a fucking clue. I don't even t-shirt. remember many of Rikishi moments. Nobody does. One reason um, everybody remembers that is because it was the rock. Very true. Because it was the rock. You're right. Um, we think about Cody, Cody Rhodes, obviously coming back. looks like he's going to be an uh, integral part of WrestleMania. You think he's right now the ongoing favorite to win the rumble? When's the rumble? End of January. I want to say you love throwing these questions at me, don't you? Well, cause I'm trying to figure out, because I was reading an article last night, and Cody said his return is not going to be a surprise. Oh. So that's why I'm like, okay, so we got, realistically, we have four weeks till the end of January. So right. depending on when it is, they're going to have to bring him back, have him do something before Royal Rumble, because he's saying it's not going to be a surprise. That, or he's not a surprise entrance, just, hey, Cody's coming back at the Rumble, then it's not a surprise and he could win it. That'd be interesting. Just going on what he said in an article. Um, me personally, yeah, it's probably going to be him. It, it's going to realistically, it's going to be Cody, or it's going to be Drew. That's who's winning the Rumble. One of those I'm, two. I'm going with Cody. Right. I, I hope it is. Here's something that I don't think a lot of people have thought about, but I want to get your opinion. Do you think eventually Cody comes home 
And when I say comes home, comes home to AEW. Do you think when this contract is up and let's say he becomes a WWE champion, whatever he does, these things in WWE, his contract is up. Do you think we will see a, a reunion with Matt in ring talent or just back on AEW TV? Holds it. Oh God. Look once again, what am I, his mom? Um, hold on. You are supposed to be the host. You are supposed I, I, to be professional. I am. I am a professional. You're shits at both of those things. You're, you're terrible. Uh, let's see. He was born in 1985, so he's still fairly young. 37. Right. So, <laughs> I think he'll he'll come home at some. I think um, yeah, he will. What do you? Yeah, say? Do you think probably. Yeah, uh, I think he probably will. I think after this, after this contract's up, I think he'll come home. Any idea how long this contract is? I'm not asking you to look it up, so calm down. What do you? Terrible. Simmer your D cups. You're you're terrible. Treat me this way. Um, I want to say it was a three year deal. I don't know for sure, but then again, I do know that WWE does, um, or they at least have the abilities to freeze a contract if somebody's been on injury, which means obviously it would make it even longer. Let me see if I can pull up Cody Rhodes' contract. Because realistically, I mean, how many months has he missed now? So if they were to freeze it, he's probably still on the hook for, if it was a three-year deal, he probably still owes him 32 months. Cody Rhodes signed a multi-year deal with WWE, as noted on night one of WrestleMania. Um, he signed after being gone from six years. Let's see. All they're saying is a multi-year contract with WWE. Now, what the hell does multi-year mean? More than one. Well, thank you, Swami. You're welcome. I feel like it's probably a three-year contract. So if it's three-year, he's coming up to a year now. WrestleMania would be a year. Uh-huh. Now, are they holding back any time? Because he's been hurt a lot in the last year. He has. Right, so if they hold that back, he's got to be at two and a half years left on it, or, or more, really, I bet. Okay, this was, um, according to Wrestling Inc., um, and this was in April, it said Cody Rhodes has revealed his multi-year contract with WWE is the most complex contract ever drawn out in the history of our game. While confirming that he's back full-time and on the road, Rhodes revealed WWE were wonderful enough to get him a bus so he can officially travel with his young family. He said, I'm all in. Really? Thank you very much. (laughs) With WWE, Rhodes told the company, it may be the most complex document I've ever drawn out in the history of the game. It's a full multi-year commitment, no part-time deal. I'm back doing what I used to do every day on the road. They were wonderful enough to get me a bus so my family can be with me. I got everyone here with me tonight. Uh, yada, yada, yada. When he was asked to elaborate on the complex of the document, Rhodes said, like the Undertaker said a couple of times in his Hall of Fame speech, perception is reality often in our industry, and the perception of me is all over the place. Uh, oh, he is an egomaniac. He asked for all this money. It's fun to hear all of that stuff, but in reality, I just grew up here. I didn't know what a contract was when I was 19 in an OVW. Now that's a different story. No longer. This has to be done a certain way. 
Um, and then Co- Cody would go on to say, I wrestled everybody I wanted to in AEW, Rhodes admitted. I didn't want to be a 15-time TNT champion and hold the belt hostage. I wanted to move on to a different piece of leather. I don't know why the contract is so complicated. My agent doesn't want me to disclose much, but yes, it's a pretty long contract. Now, here's the thing that I don't understand. He claims that he wanted to move on to a different piece of leather in AEW. Do you feel like it would have made sense to put the championship on him? Do you think that would have appeased him? Or do you think at the end of the day, he wanted to do something? He always wanted to be WWE champion. It doesn't say he wanted to move on to a different piece of leather in AEW. It's not what the report says. No, but on an, on another piece of leather in general, right? Okay, so but he couldn't win the championship at AEW because he lost to. We lost to MJF. Was it MJF? He yes. lost to, so he could never be the the heavyweight champion. Yeah, but why would you put that stipulation out there? Like that to me, that doesn't make any sense. Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why you would do that. Once again, he is a far better man than I am because I have no idea why he would put that type of stip on that situation. Well, maybe it's, well, I think by his wrestling. So maybe the plan, or he's seen it as, okay, we'll have a match. You know, if MJF wins, I'll never go after the championship. You know, MJF becomes champion. You know, Whatever we start a feud, I keep goating at him, goating at him. Now we have a match stipulation. If I win two out of three, then I can wrestle for a championship. I don't know, because because you know we're full. Well, it's like a loser leaves town match. You know they're mm-hmm. bullshit, right? Yeah, loser leaves town because yep. he's got a tour in a different territory for six months. He'll be back. Yeah, true. I mean, how many times has that been done? A lot. So you can always work around it. You can always make a storyline to it. Hell, he comes back. Something hokey. He comes back with a uh, with the Stardust paint again. Well, he's not Cody Rose anymore. He's Dusty Star. Whatever. I don't know. No, he won the title. Oh, and now I don't wear the mask anymore. Now I'm Cody. Who knows? There are and, I, and I still have the title. I don't know. You, there are, it's wrestling. Oh, Mr. You're, Russo. Mr. Russo. It's wrestling. There's all kinds of stupid Your stuff. Is just You like that? Excedrin, too, please. <laughs> it's okay. I'm thinking about I'm going to need that to give me my own self a headache. Oh, my gosh. He could come back as Stardusty. Dusty Star. Or Dusty Star. You like that? It's a pretty good he one. You could win the championship and then you can know. wipe I'm his just making random shit up. Hey, folks. Gotcha. Swerve. Uh, let's move on to something else. So uh, uh, a wrestler that you're a big fan of, her name is Dewdrop. Now, this is coming from eWrestling News. While the recent speculation of why Dewdrop has not been seen on WWE television lately uh, is also due to visa issues. Now, the Scottish wrestler took to social media today to actually refute that story and say, nope, it's not just about my visa. 
She responded to a fan on Twitter about her whereabouts, and this is what she said. I was very sick, but I am now healing. Now, exactly what she means by sick, I'm not really quite sure, but Dewdrop's last match occurred on WWE NXT back in September when she teamed with Nikki Cross to go against Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Now, you are a fan of, um, let's say, the larger uh, professional wrestlers, right? Indeed. Yep. You like, uh, what's his name? Otis. Otis. And obviously, I know you're a fan of Dewdrop as well. I mean, you know, you have her her merch. So let me ask you this: You've been missing Dewdrop on TV? Yeah, you, you Jones I, see, for a Dewdrop. I, I like Dewdrop. I I yeah. honestly think she's good. But, she is you know, good. All, all nonsense and foolishness aside, for a couple minutes at least. Yes, she is good. And especially for for a young woman her size, she moves real good. She does. Right? So why not? I'm surprised uh, that it came out that she was sick. I hadn't heard that. I read that report earlier today that was saying it was about visas. There was three or four of them that were over there, and they are having some issues with their visa was what was the report. That was Meltzer announced it. Right? So it's, it's interesting when she came out and, and cut that down, saying that's not the case. But, I mean, if she's been sick since September, she was Who knows? Who knows? A lot of stuff could be. Uh, Let me see here. Let's talk about... Who is that? Yes, yes, yes. What song is that? Uh, I don't know. It's Harlem Heat. Come on. That was terrible. Oh, my God. That is not terrible. I didn't know there was a snake and a turkey in her song. Hold on. This is bullshit. I feel like I need to. I agree. That was bullshit. (laughs) Stop it. No, no. WCW, Harlem Heat. And this is exactly. So it's. Snake and a turkey. You know what? I'm, I'm not dealing with this. All right, sure. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna hopefully this. Here we go. Where's the turkey? Stop it. The tur- the would you stop it? I'm gonna play it again. I think there's the turkey part in here. Hold on. There's no turkey part in there. Well somebody laughing, it wasn't a turkey. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. In the laughing, it's the same thing. 
<laughs> that's that's what it is. Let, let's just move on, Freeland. What what did Booker T say now? Okay, whatever. You can't you can't appreciate. Why do I pull myself through this every Tuesday night? John Fuentes is writing in for me wrestling news. WWE Hall of Famer Booker T recently took to his podcast, the Hall of Fame podcast, to discuss Mandy Rose and her reported one million dollar earnings last month. From her fan time only account. Now, in regards to the dollar amount, Booker T suggests that she doesn't think it'll be enough to support Rose, but he still thinks she's living large. This is what he said. A million dollars ain't going to take care of you for a solid year if you're living large. I think Mandy Rose launching a fan time account was the wrong decision. And I stand by that because I feel like Mandy's talent was so much more than just her beauty. Um, Rose was released from WWE, obviously last month because it was discovered that she had been posting mature content on her fan time account. Now, hold on a second. I don't know what considered living large is. Um, $1 million, a million dollars ain't going to take care of you for a solid year if you're living large, but we got to talk about this right now. Okay. What is considered living large? I don't know, like maybe driving a Bentley in a great big mansion. I don't know. I don't live large. I drive a pickup truck and I have a small house. Like, I don't know. I thought you were going to say smalls or something else. Um, but here's They don't call me the Newfie tripod for nothing. Whoa. Hey, now. Um, living large. I just, I don't know. Like, like I don't me, know. Maybe she likes buying like really fancy, expensive clothes and, and going on big fancy vacations. Pissing a million dollars away. I mean, have you ever, seen, have ever even... seen a TV show The Lottery Ruined My Life? Yes, I have. Yeah. People can piss away millions of dollars very quickly. I just, I can't. It can be done. I mean, I, I, we went to, my wife and I went to a restaurant not that long ago and the, the bill was like 80 bucks. And I about literally had a heart attack because I can't, I don't do that. You know, I'm a, I'm not a filet mignon guy. I'm not a porterhouse or any of that stuff. Literally, I look at the price before I look at what the food is. So 80 bucks, man. For dinner for 80 bucks for you. That's pretty cheap dinner. No, it's not. There's a TGI Fridays around. There's Longhorn. These are American restaurants. Um, I've been to both. Just we have TGI Friday here in Canada as well. Okay, we have something called Outback Steakhouse. Yep, we have that. Um, there's a lot of places that that like that's where I would go. You ever, you ever go to a place called Red Lobster? Really? Red Lobster. Yes. Easy there, Abby. <laughs> So that's that's my kind of style. I don't I cannot imagine going to a quote unquote expensive restaurant. It's just not in my DNA. It's not the way I was raised. I'm I'm not fluent in where you would go to get you know, but it's nice to go out for a nice meal every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah, but who's pissing away a million dollars? People who know good sense in their head. No, I agree with you. If you're if you're pissing away, like I shouldn't say pissing away. No, that that's not right thing to say. If you're making it, spend it to a point. Like you know, save save for a rainy day as well. Or if you got the money and you want you want to go for a five hundred dollars supper tonight, go for it. Okay, so this is just basic math here, right? A million dollars. If you were to divide that up 
by 12. So each month, you know how much that would be roughly 80. Not bad. 83,333 dollars and 33 cents. Okay. So $83,000. So I could pay my mortgage. I could pay off any bills that I have. I could get some new clothes at the JC Penny. I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. 83 grand a month. What kind of mortgage and what kind of car? And where are you eating? Where and what kind of clothes are you buying? Like, what is the most expensive pair of shoes? Women's shoes. Let me look this up. Most. I don't know. Expensive. With one finger. Shoes. Here we go. The most expensive pair of women's shoes. So. Okay, there's Gucci. 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 Leather lug sole horse bit loafers, and those yeah. are almost twelve hundred dollars. Or you oh, could get there's more than that. Okay, well, you could get a Gucci women's GG Rython sneaker in beige for nine hundred dollars. Um, you, you say there's they're more expensive? Oh, I've seen them more expensive than that. Give me a minute. Okay, the most expensive women's shoes ever, and these are ridiculous. It's called Passion Diamond Shoes by Jada Busai when they're seventeen million a, a pair. There's there ruby, ruby slippers from Harry Winston for three million. Okay, what do you got? I'm looking up. Um... I just don't understand. Like, okay, so you're gonna buy a pair? God, who would spend that kind of money? Contessa Waffer Stilettos. Those go for $130,000. Um, Catherine Wilson Charity Pumps, 400000 Diamond Dream Stilettos. Stuart Weitzman, 500000 I think they just... I don't know. So I guess technically you could. Yeah. Linda said, yes, I'm texting my wife from 50 feet away. Yes. What did she say? Milan. Milano. Get her, on, get her in here. Blah. Blah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, this is terrible. Man. M-A-N-O-L-O. You sound like you're having a stroke. Some, some Tuesday nights, I feel like I'm having one. Spell it to me. M-A-N-O-L-O. Second word, B L A H N I K. Okay, shoes. Yeah, they're shoes. I mean, these are like thirteen hundred bucks, fourteen hundred bucks. You got to get her in here. We got to get her on the show. Twenty-two hundred. Jesus Christ! So you just got to be lucky. You're not rich because she'd be spending that money. She'd be Probably. getting these. She'd be getting these. What's the name of this guy's shoe? Manolo Blahnik. They're, they're, they're Chester Brown Suede Tassel Loafers. Men's. $1,100. I'd never pay that for a pair of shoes. I don't even know what loafers are, to be honest. Sandals. Uh, I don't even own sandals. $845 for a pair of sandals. It's a third of a shoe. Yeah. Nope. 
It's a bit. It's a bit excessive. In I my mean, what? What do I have? I, my work boots. I think I paid like two hundred bucks for them. Jesus. Uh, my hunting boots are probably about that. My sneakers are seventy or eighty. Um, a couple pair of shoes were probably about a hundred a piece. That's it. Like I can't see me dropping a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. Nope. Yeah. I don't think I spent that on a suit. On soup? Suit. Like a business suit. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said soup. Um, yeah, so I don't understand if you're quote unquote living large, you but you better check uh you better check in with Booker T first before you determine how much money you're gonna spend. Well, but look at all the athletes that make stupid money and are flat broke four or five years after retiring. Right? Yeah. Mike Tyson. How much money did he make? Now I mean he got hosed by his manager. But still he made some not great choices, such as buying a tiger. Yeah, the tiger thing probably wasn't the best idea. Right, but no. Because you gotta think, so if she made a million, yeah, she's gotta pay taxes on that. It's not cash, so she's gotta right. pay taxes on it. I'm sure she's got like a publicist and, and an agent and a lawyer and stuff. She's got to pay all those people. So out of a million, I mean, this is probably stupid. Going to sound stupid. She's probably only going to get seven hundred out of it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll take seven hundred k a year, right? Six seven hundred k. That's a lot of money, but it's not it a lot of money. It is know, a lot of money. It's not crazy money though. Really? It's not. What's a lawyer make? This conversation has gone off the rails. We're saying. going from we're going, we're going from Mandy Rose to the shoes. What do lawyers make? They I make no a lot idea. of money. They do make a lot of money. I, it, it depends on what type of lawyer you are, I assume. I don't know. All right, I got an idea. You ready, bud? Sure. We're going to do something now that I think is fun, and uh, we often play we often play Jeopardy, but we play Wrestling Jeopardy, right? Mm-hmm. What's a wrestling topic you think that you know a lot about? Canadian wrestlers. Canadian wrestlers? You know a lot about that? Not really, but it's the first thing that came into my head, so let's well, go I thought, that. like, what about woodworking? I thought we were talking about wrestling. That's true. I did say that. Yeah, sorry. Hmm, Well, is there a certain year or is a certain genre? Is there a certain Canadian? 90s. 80s or 90s. Living dangerously there, bud. Fine. uh, The the 1800s. Canadian wrestlers. (laughs) What do you want out of me, Freeland? Oh, God. Started as demanding as my wife. All right. Here we go. 90s wrestling. We're going to see how well the butt does. Okay. So. Here's what I'm going to do. Let's see. Where's my button here? All right. Let's see. You pretty regular? Yes, Freeland. I'm just curious. I I legitimately care about your well-being. 
I'm very regular. How about you? Not as much as I should be, if we're being honest here. Metamucil, bud. Yeah. All right. I sent you a uh, look in the private chat. You can pull your screen up. Let me know when your screen's pulled up. So, so far, I'm the reigning champion. I've won two games in a row so far. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got it here. All right. So. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, and I want you – so for everyone listening at home, the categories are catchphrases, WrestleMania, specialty matches, kayfabe terms, and world champions. And the topic is 90s professional wrestling. So because you are the uh, the guest, you're a, a foreigner, I'm going to let you go first. You kayfabe are. terms, 300. Yeah, well, wow, Alex. This is a kayfabe term for pranking another wrestler. What is ribbing? What is ribbing is correct. Excellent job. All right. 300 points for me. Look at you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take WrestleMania for 100. This WrestleMania was billed as the immovable object versus the irresistible force. I'll fuck that up. This question is brought to you by Hooked on Phonics. Um, Okay. This WrestleMania was billed versus the immovable. It's WrestleMania 3, Hogan Andre. You got it. And how much was that? 100 by the look of it. Yes, 100. Okay, perfect. WrestleMania. All right, what do you got? Pick your horse. Kayfabe for 200. Kayfabe for 200. Your question is, this is the kayfabe term for real. Shoot. You're right. What is a shoot? Good job. Um, I'm going to take WrestleMania for 200. Headlined by Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon, this WrestleMania took place right here in Safeco Field, Seattle, Washington. 19. What is WrestleMania 19? Sure. XIX. We'll call that 19. Well, it is. Do you know what XIX is? X is 10. I is 1. 1 before... X is 9. 19. Okay, fine. 19. You get it. All right, what do you got? Um, Catchphrases for 300. Though no prophet, Stone Cold Steve Austin, originated Austin 316, which he proclaimed, says this. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. That is correct. Very nice. I'm going to take WrestleMania for 300, please. You're really riding the WrestleMania, is it? Oh, I'm riding that thing hard. This star-studded WrestleMania included celebrity guests Muhammad Ali, Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, and Liberace. What is WrestleMania 1? You got it. And I'm glad you didn't pronounce that. Liberace. I'm not a moron. 
Uh, by the way, I knew I knew it was Gucci. By the way, I don't think you did. What what's your horse? Uh, specialty matches three hundred. Specialty matches for three hundred. This match is only won when one competitor or team retrieves an entire. Or I'm sorry, the item that's hung above the ring. So this match is only won when one competitor or team retrieves an item hung above the ring. Ooh, ladder match. What is a ladder match? That is correct. What is a ladder match? Very nice. I'm going to take WrestleMania for 400. This WrestleMania was billed as the ultimate challenge as it featured the ultimate warrior putting his intercontinental championship on the line against Hulk Hogan's WWF World Championship. What is WrestleMania 6 from the Sky Dome in Toronto? Good job. Thank you. Um, kayfabe for 400, please. Kayfabe for 400. What is a kayfabe term for going to a one-hour time limit draw? And something I have not looked at the with New York something. <laughs> something with New York. It is something a Broadway. What is a Broadway? What's going Broadway? You're right. <laughs> I didn't hit the button. I was about to steal that one. Um, I'm going to take kayfabe terms for 500. This kayfabe term is named after a former wrestler and booker who made it famous. It is the term used for when the outcome of a match is booked to be inconclusive. Oh, it's a dusty finish. Good job. I had no idea. It is a dusty finish. I did not know that. Yep. Good old Dusty Rhodes. Uh, um, let's, let's do a quick check in. Who's winning? 1500 for me, 1500 for you. Oh, this is getting good. This is All the closest right. one yet. It is. What are you taking? World champions, 300. World champions for 300. Your question is, this former two-time world champion ended his second reign in the shortest world title match in history. Oh, it's got to be Shiki, baby. Nope. Son of a bitch. I have not looked at it yet. I could try. I have not hit the button. Okay, this former two-time world champion ended his second reign in the shortest world title match in history. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember because I want to say the match was Bob Backlund and Diesel. This former two-time world champion ended his second reign in the shortest world title match. Who is Bob Backlund? You got it. Nice. I had no idea. Obviously, I got it wrong. It was a jackknife powerbomb in like so many seconds and it was over. Why would you do that to Backlund? I don't know. That's terrible. It is. Okay, what do you want, Freeland? Oh, it's my turn now? Yep. Uh, We're going... World Champions 500. He has laid claim to 11 World Championship reigns and was just inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. And this is 90s? 
I have no idea. You're the person that brought this up. Well, no, the topic. No, it's champions. No, 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 but but the game is 90s wrestling, is it not? No. It's just Jeopardy Labs wrestling Jeopardy. <laughs> oh my God. 90s. Okay. Um Oh shit. Because yeah, I put in 90s, so these are all things that have happened in the 90s. Or maybe not. 11 times. So it's not flare. Oh, this is terrible. I know Hogan is right around that amount. Yeah, but we don't know what year this year is. But that's my that's my point. Um Part of me wants to say Bruno San Martino. Do you have 11 times? I'm going to say Hulk Hogan. I'm going to be wrong. answer is, who is Edge? That sucked. That was 500? It was 500. I just lost 500 points. You're still winning, bud. All right, what you got? Specialty matches, 500, please. Specialty matches. This match main evented WrestleMania 12 as Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart battled for over one hour. What is an Iron Man match? That is correct. Excellent job. I'm going to take WrestleMania for 500. WrestleMania 500. This WrestleMania ended with one of the most emotional moments in the event's history as both Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit celebrated in the ring as world champions. Um... Oh, God, this is going to kill me if I get wrong. Let me think. <sighs> WrestleMania 20. Good job, Freeland. I got it. Got it. Nice. All right. Um, Let's go catchphrases. 500. You're not going to let me scoop him, are you? Hulk Hogan was famous for instructing Hulkamaniacs to to train, say their prayers, and this. Eat your vitamins. Yes, that is correct. Um, I'm going to go catchphrases 400, please. DX had their t-shirts banned from schools across the country because they bore this two words catchphrase. Christopher Butt. Perfect. Feeling got that wrong. Am I right? Yeah, the two words were Christopher Butt. You're a moron. Suck it. <laughs> uh, update on the scores. 
Well, because you had to be a smart ass. You just lost 400 points. Shut, shut up. So it was 2,200 points for me, 1,400 for you. Shut up. No. I'm dead. I'll screenshot it. No, that's fine. I trust you. God, I'm losing my ass here. I'm losing my ass here. Well, I doubt uh, you're ever going to lose that for them. No, this is true. Um, What do you got? What's your horse? Specialty matches, 400. Specialty matches. This match can only be won once a competitor cannot answer the referee's 10 count. If you don't get this, I can steal. No, you can't. Yes, I can. You if can. I, did not hit, I didn't hit the space bar, I can steal. Cheating. I have not hit the space bar. You've only got 10 seconds left. Nine. Shut eight, up, Freeland. Seven. I'm doing the brain thinking thing. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. It's Broadway. It's New sir, York. Sir, sir, shut up. Oh, no. Uh, I know I got this wrong. Now you got me. Oh, no. It's panties Survivor on match. Last man standing. I was going to steal. No, you weren't. You didn't know it. You're welcome. Uh, It's a survivor match. I I knew (laughs) I was wrong, but I panicked. Oh, you lost. How much did you lose on that one? Four? Four hundred. Oh, silly man. Well, well. All right, let's go. I'm going to go. So what's the score now with you losing 400? 1,800 for me, 1,400 for you. Okay, let's not be stupid here, Freeland. Um, Let's go world champions for 100. For 100? Yeah. This former world champion is most famous for being the one who lost the title to Hulk Hogan for his first reign. Oh, I'm totally stealing this. So hold on a second. So he lost he lost the belt so Hogan could have his first title reign? Yes. Yeah, it was the Iron Sheik. That's right, Bubba. That's right. You don't understand because I'm a professional. World champions for 100. That's what I picked, right? That is what you picked. All right, perfect. I can clear my screen. Well, I'm going to go specialty matches for 200. Okay, here we go. This match can only be won when all but one competitor has been eliminated by being forced over the top rope. Now, you got to keep in mind, there's a couple different versions of this match, so don't get too crazy. Battle Royale. Final answer? Okay, Battle Royale. There you go. Um, You're not going to see Royal Rumble because that's a WWE thing. Right. Um, I'm going to go catchphrases for 100. Elvis sang of the Heartbreak Hotel while The Rock often references the dot dot dot. With the Smackdown Hotel. What is the Smackdown Hotel? Would you have gotten that? No, it didn't pop into my head, so I'm going to say no. 
you would have gotten that last man standing match? It's a survivor match. <laughs> what? You're, you're such a dick, Freeland. You know What's what? A survivor match? I don't know. I said I panicked. Oh, that's fine. Catchphrases, okay, so, 200. Catchphrases for 200. Butts question. Oh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage only needed these two words to distinguish himself. Oh, yeah. Very good. Is it? Yeah. Well, you kind of gave me the answer, but I appreciate it. I kind of did. I... Um, I'm taking specialty matches for a hundred. Are you sure? Yeah, I hope it's a last standing match. Well, this match can be won by pin, pinfall, submission, or escape. Well, that's easy. It's a steel cage match. No, shut up. What is a cage match? Doesn't Get need to be steel. Could be Get a wooden cage match. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Punjabi cage match. Remember that one? Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was bad. So, what's the update on the scores? 2200 for this guy, uh-huh. 1700 for you. Oh, wow. So, yeah. oh, so somebody. Oh, it's, it's 18, 19, Okay, let's see what happens. World champions for 400. Oh, let's hope you lose. This former three-time WWF <laughs> world champion started his third reign in controversy as he was victorious. Oh, this is so fucking <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Who is Shawn Michaels? This is so stupid. Fine. I'll take world champions for 200. This doesn't even matter. Why? Who cares? You lost. This former world champion is the only man to receive the belt as a result of winning the Royal Rumble, who is Ric Flair. I didn't know that. Yep, 1992 Royal Rumble. And I'm going to take kayfabe terms. This kayfabe term is for fake. Are you going to guess it? It doesn't make any difference to me. I, I don't have to because I've already won. Yeah, so. you are such a shitty winner. Um... um for fake, I don't know. A work. Oh, a work. Okay, well, that makes no difference. I mean, I You're gonna take a hundred off of that? No, I, I actually gave you the hundred because I feel bad for you. Shut I spanked the piss out of you this week. What was the final score? Twenty six hundred for me, two thousand for you. Wasn't that bad? No, wasn't that bad. It was fun. Not good either. You're a terrible person. <laughs> I am. I am a terrible person. I am not a good winner. Oh, my God. So, in three games, I've won two. You've won one. I think the first two were rigged. I mean, it just showed my dominance right there. You, yeah. Sure that you know a lot about women's shoes. I'll tell you that much, but... Um, with that being said, we've you had so much fun. You don't shame on this show. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere. Find podcasts are made available. You can catch us on MLWRadio.com, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. We are a free podcast. We drop regularly. For my executive producer, The Rit, for my good friend in Canada, the very poor winner, Mr. Christopher But I am your host and the dominant wrestling Jeopardy champion of the world, 
My name is Mike Freeland. It has been real and it has been fun. We will officially catch you next time on the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The rules.